You're listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 21, My Journey into the Musical Theater Industry. Let's get started. What up, everybody? Maggie Barra here. Welcome to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thank you for joining us. What's up? The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every Monday for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at actoraesthetic, slide into my DMs, and on Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. So I held a poll on Instagram last week asking for suggestions of what to talk about on my upcoming podcast episodes. Y'all gave me some really, really solid topic suggestions. I wrote every single one of them down. They are on this cute little spreadsheet that I have on my computer, and I am going to try to get as much information as possible so that I can give you guys the information that you need and you want. I realized that I do a lot of how-tos on my blog, like how to start an audition journal, how to find an agent, how to update your audition book, how to find the best monologue. I love content like that, and I will continue to give you that sort of content because that's how I created my blog. But a lot of you were answering this poll with questions about my specific opinions, my specific experiences, going through college auditions, how I got into theater, what I do now, and what I do in between auditions, stuff like that. And honestly, I am getting used to being transparent like this. It's been a really interesting balance on Instagram between feeling like I am running a business and a blog and a podcast, but also being a human and being transparent about my experiences. I only hope that sharing my journey into musical theater will spark some conversation and some thought and maybe some inspiration for you guys because it has not always been easy. It's never been easy. In fact, it's been incredibly, incredibly hard. But this is a career that does not have one path to success. You technically don't have to go to school to study musical theater. You don't have to start at a young age. You really don't have to have any training at all. Sometimes it just happens for you, and other times you gotta work at it really hard and be in the right place at the right time. So here's my story. I was probably nine when my grandfather brought an advertisement from the paper to my mom and dad that was looking for singers to audition to sing the national anthem at a minor league baseball game. This was for the Somerset Patriots, who play in New Jersey. So just for your own context, I grew up in New Jersey, central New Jersey. So that's where I was at the time. And 
before that, I really only ever sang in front of people during family get-togethers, like New Year's Eve celebrations and Christmas and Thanksgiving, when we would have all of our family over together and we would break out our karaoke machine. I always had go-tos. I think one of them was by J-Lo, Jenny from the Block. Don't know why, but it was. And I would always sing like Summer Nights or Hopelessly Devoted from Greece, just because I loved the movie. So when my grandpa gave us this ad, I really had no idea how to audition or how to really perform in front of a crowd. I don't even think I really knew the national anthem that well, but my parents thought it was a cool idea and I didn't oppose to it. So one night my mom and dad looked up the lyrics to the national anthem and I learned the music and they helped me sign up for this audition. So it was an open call in a mall where we lined up and they let a hundred people audition in front of everyone. And one by one, we had to sing the national anthem, which now is hilarious. Could you imagine going into an audition and just one by one, you have to sing the same song? Like, what even is that? I've had that happen to me actually a once or twice in my life so far, and it is the weirdest experience ever. But long story short, your girl booked. <laughs> it was like one of 10 people that got asked to stay, and we were told that we would get an opportunity to sing the anthem at one game for the Somerset Patriots. So this was for a minor league baseball team in New Jersey. After performing, I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world to get up and sing in front of everyone. And my family thought it was the coolest thing ever too. So we all started looking for auditions and ways to continue performing like this. We came across a bunch of auditions looking for singers just like that. And I got a couple of those. And then once I started getting to perform a little bit more. We were recording my performances and sending them out to various places. And one thing led to another. I was performing for everything, for Veterans Day tributes, for 9-11 tributes, for any kind of football, baseball, basketball game that was local to us in our area, in the tri-state area. And someone saw me sing for a Brooklyn Cyclones game and approached me and told me that he could get me to sing for the Mets. And through that, I got to sing for the Mets, the 76ers, the Nets when they were playing in New Jersey. Now they're in Brooklyn. My mom and dad called it Maggie Barra's Star Spangled Banner Tour. And I kid you not, we had t-shirts. They were white, plain t-shirts that had an American flag ironed on the front and back with the lettering of Maggie Barra's Star Spangled Banner Tour and all of the places that I was slated to sing at. It was ridiculous and incredible. My mom dressed me up. I was always in braids, two French braids with my cute little fringy bangs and silver sparkles for eyeshadow. That was like my signature look. My family is very, very close. We all live within a couple of miles of each other. My family is so incredible, and I am so thankful for them. They would travel to 
every single event and they would all wear these t-shirts. <laughs> I love them. I really, really do. I didn't really realize it at the time, but that whole experience was what jump-started my career into performing and singing in front of large crowds. I mean, I think like the Mets games were probably like 50,000 people. So from starting that at such a young age, I was kind of immune in a way to excessive nerves and stage fright. Granted, I still get nervous before every audition that I go into, and that's just something I don't think will ever go away, but it did help a lot, and I loved every bit of it. If anyone ever asked me to sing for an event or sing at a party, I would just get up and do it because it was just something that I loved to do, and I'm grateful that I learned that love at a very early age. Now, how I got into theater was anyone's guess because I loved to sing and I had seen a couple of Broadway shows growing up. Like the first shows that I ever got to see were probably Beauty and the Beast and Peter Pan. I loved musicals, but like I had never done a show. So my mom and dad thought, why not? Well, let's see if she likes musicals because she likes to perform. So they found an audition for me for a local community theater production of Annie <laughs> and I went in and I sang maybe I was 10 years old and I got it and I was so, so excited. You guys, I loved that movie. I had no idea what to expect, but I was ready for whatever was going to come my way. For those of you who don't know, I have a younger sister. Her name is Taylor, and I always tell everyone that she's the cooler version of me. She's about three and a half years younger than me. So she also went in and auditioned, and she was little. Like, she was like six and a half, seven maybe. But she was cute. She was a cutie. She looked like an American Girl doll. So she also was in the show. She's one of the orphans. And it was just so fun getting to do the show with her. And she was like my biggest supporter from the very beginning. I mean, she was running lines with me. And what was so annoying to me was that she could learn my lines way quicker than I could. I always had a harder time memorizing and remembering choreography and stuff and that came so easy to her so it was really inspiring learning from her during that process after the experience of doing my first musical we kind of went about it the same way that we went about going and auditioning for singing the national anthem so my mom and dad went through all of the websites and newspaper ads looking for community theaters in our area, sort of studying up on that and figuring out what was around, what was near us, what my grandparents could drive us to, whatever the case was. Just another way to continue to perform because, of course, we loved it. And we ended up doing a bunch of different community theater shows. It was a great time and it was a really, really great learning experience. And I always suggest to my young listeners that 
If you love to do this, then I would continue looking for opportunities for yourself, putting yourself out there and trying to absorb as much information from doing as many shows and as many masterclasses and voice lessons and acting lessons as possible because now's the time to be a sponge and just learn as much as you can about performing. My sister and I had not had formal lessons yet, formal voice lessons. The only things that we ever really did was my sister was a competition dancer and I just kind of dabbled in dance classes here and there, but I wasn't as serious as she was in dance. And then we also took some piano lessons growing up, but we never had like traditional voice lessons. So we eventually went to a voice teacher that was recommended to us by a girl that was doing a show with us. And this voice teacher changed our lives. Her name is Mona Greenberg, and she's in central New Jersey. And she is incredible. She had a bunch of Broadway kids and a bunch of performers that were doing this seriously, but they were kids, you know, and they were going to her all the time for voice lessons. So it seemed like a really awesome opportunity. She auditions her students and she was the real deal. Mona was our prime resource for audition prep, how to prepare music and accompaniment in the cleanest and most straightforward way for the pianist as possible. She taught us about the musicality and different genres of music that we could explore within musical theater. She definitely opened my eyes to being more original with my choices in my voice quality and also in my preparation for auditions. And she allowed me to start thinking about this more seriously. She treated me as a professional, and that's what I loved the most. I was no longer just a kid that was doing this for fun. I was a kid who was learning to do this because I wanted to do this as a career. Eventually, Mona had recommended my sister and I to an agency in New York, Don Buckwald and Associates, because she had some connections up there and we were able to secure an audition slash meeting with them. We met with them in the city. My mom and dad had no idea what to expect. We had no idea what to expect, but they saw some potential in us and they signed us then and there. Which led my sister and I both into the professional theater business. At this point, I was probably 13 or 14 years old, and my sister was 9, 10 years old. And we were going on maybe two or three auditions a week. Our agents were submitting my sister for a lot of Broadway and theatrical productions, and they were submitting me for a lot of film and TV stuff. I think it's safe to say we both had no idea what we were doing, but honestly, does any kid really know what they're doing when they're just all of a sudden in a situation like this? We learned a lot really quickly. We learned a lot about auditioning and the audition process and what holding rooms were like and how quickly we could hear about auditions. You know, we would get an email from our agents 
maybe two days in advance of an actual audition. So we'd have to learn how to prepare material really quickly and how to memorize as much as possible. And I learned a lot about myself and my own work ethic and what it really took to be doing this as a professional. This was a good taste into the whole professional world for me because it gave me a good idea of what is expected of you as an actor. It was not easy balancing school and performing and also auditioning because we were doing, we were still doing community theater shows because of course we just love to perform. So we were also doing community theater shows. My sister was also doing competition dance and we were taking voice lessons. And then we were also going to auditions and missing a little bit of school at the end of the day so that we could make those auditions. We live about a 45 minute train ride into the city. So it was really easy to commute in and out of New York City from New Jersey for us. Again, I stress the importance of how supportive my family was of our journey because they were always there to help out. My mom and dad work and worked a lot, so it wasn't that easy for them to just take off work and take us to an audition. But thankfully, my grandparents were always up for it. My grandpa Bruce used to work in the city, so he was very comfortable taking us to the city and going to all of our auditions with us. And if he couldn't, my other grandpa would take us. It was really just such a lovely time for us to get to spend with our grandparents. And looking back at it, it was difficult to balance schoolwork and performing and the rest of our social lives. But Man, was that such a great time to spend with my grandparents. It was really, really awesome. Super thankful for it. I did end up booking a couple of commercial spots, a couple of voiceover spots. My sister, however, got a call from our agents when I was at a commercial callback for something that she had booked the national tour of the Little House on the Prairie musical. Now, this specific tour was directed by Francesca Zambello, who also directed Little Mermaid on Broadway and a bunch of operas. And it starred Melissa Gilbert, who was in the original TV series of Little House on the Prairie. It was a huge deal. It was an equity tour. It started its run at Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey and then moved its way across North America. All of a sudden, she was a member of Actors' Equity and she needed a tutor so that she could continue her schooling on the road. And she was a professional actress at 10 years old, performing alongside some veterans of... Broadway, and then some newbies like Fresh Face, Kara Lindsay. This specific tour changed her life, changed my life, changed my family's life. And here's why. A lot of the performers that were in this musical had studied musical theater in college I didn't know that that was even an opportunity when I was 
15, 16 years old. I knew I definitely wanted to pursue theater. I just didn't know if I wanted to necessarily go to college for it. But I saw these kids coming out of CCM College Conservatory of Cincinnati and Carnegie Mellon and University of Michigan who were godlike to me. Their work ethic was incredible. They were the most talented people I've ever seen perform. And they were 24, 25, 26 years old on a national tour. And they already had a couple of credits under their belt. So it was inspiring for me to watch my sister go through this process, but it also taught me so much about what the industry had to offer and the different paths to success. There were a couple people on the show that didn't go to school for musical theater at all and had very long careers in the theater business, but I saw those younger performers that were coming out of schools like that, and I thought, that's what I want to do. That's how I'm going to do it. Again, there are a gajillion ways to go about becoming an actor, but this one felt right to me. So I think I probably decided at like 14 or 15 that I wanted to go to school for musical theater. Didn't know how to do that. Didn't know where I wanted to go. But I knew that that's what I wanted to study at a college level. After Taylor got back from her tour and I did a couple more things commercially, I joined SAG-AFTRA. And then she and I were involved in a reading off-Broadway in New York City for a couple of years in a brand new musical And then we just kept hustling. We were going to auditions again all the time. It's what we did. At an early age, I was learning that you could go to 200 auditions before you get the callback or get the job. Now I go to 200 auditions and I'm like, no sweat. This is nothing (laughs) compared to what I was doing when I was a kid. I continued to do the musicals every year in middle school and high school. I continued my voice lessons And almost every year since I was 11 or 12 years old, I was doing the Summer Theater Conservatory at Paper Mill Playhouse. Let me just say this, that that program is like a glimpse into a BFA program at school. I attribute every single reason as to why I'm still in musical theater to that conservatory at Paper Mill Playhouse because, again, they treat you like professionals. They teach you the basics of every single aspect of theater. And then at the end of this five-week program, you get to perform in a concert at Paper Mill Playhouse on that beautiful stage with an orchestra, stunning lighting design, and a very professionally produced production. Now, like I said before, my agents were sending me on stuff for TV and film, Because that was really what was happening at the time for my age. I was probably too young to be playing roles my age because they were being cast older to play young. And I was too old to be playing roles that my sister was playing, like, you know, nine, ten years old. I was in a weird middle ground. So I was going in for a lot of TV and film. But my love was in musical theater and I knew I wanted to pursue it. So by the time I had to start looking into colleges, there was no doubt in my mind I was going for musical theater as opposed to straight acting or film acting. 
I studied with a couple of college audition coaches. I studied with MTCA, which stands for Musical Theater College Auditions. And this is and was a team of actively working theater professionals who are also passionate and experienced guides for all aspects of college and graduate school theater audition processes. So they treat college audition prep as a process, which includes helping students and their parents find the schools that are best suited to complement their individual goals and experiences and personalities. They identify material that fits each student's type, personality, unique ways of thinking, and skill level. They continually reinforce healthy and strong singing and dance technique for musical theater performers, and then they develop each student's artistry in all areas of their auditions. They create a recommended coaching plan for you based on your individual needs and goals. If you are in the New York City area, I would 100% suggest that you consider them as maybe your college audition coach if that's what you're looking for. They're also available in San Diego and Los Angeles, and they also coach in person or via Skype. I auditioned for somewhere around 10 to 12 schools. I applied for more, but I stopped my audition process when I got in to Texas State University. That will save for another story if you are interested in hearing about my college audition process. But I did end up going to Texas State. I did every musical I possibly could at school, and I trained, and I trained, and I trained, and I graduated in 2017 with a BFA in musical theater, and now here I am, a couple years later, doing the thing out here in New York City. It's crazy. Looking back at it, recording this podcast, I can't believe how much time has gone by, and how quickly it's gone by, and how each of those events shaped me as a performer and an individual. But again, there's no one path. There really isn't. I have plenty of truly incredible friends who have not gone to school for musical theater. They didn't really have much training growing up. And they have been consistently working on Broadway, in film and TV, And they are doing just fine. So again, it's what works for you and also what the universe decides to give you. You could end up booking a Broadway show and then decide you don't want to go to school for this. And that's totally chill. I know some people who have gone to school for musical theater and then have become incredible photographers and casting directors and agents There is no singular path to success, and there is a place for every single human being in this industry, as long as you're willing to give the time and effort to finding it for yourself. With that, we conclude episode 21 of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast today, I am asking you one cute little quick favor, which is please go ahead and rate and review this podcast on whatever app you're listening to. It helps me so much and it helps the podcast get out there and get noticed and gain more followers because again, it takes a village, right? I say it every week. I mean it. 
If you feel so inclined, give me a shout out on Instagram. I love seeing you guys screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and sharing it to your stories. It gives me so much life and it also just makes me really, really happy. So thank you. If you feel so inclined, give me a shout out on Instagram. For further inquiries, go ahead and email me at maggie at actoraesthetic.com or just shoot me a DM at actoraesthetic. It takes a village, y'all. I'll see you next week.